0: Welcome to the Reinventing Education podcast. This is a podcast for human beings who are interested in reinventing what education could be. I'm Rob McLeod, and as always, joined by Brendan O'Leary. Hello, Rob. How are you doing?
1: Doing good. We're How back are you? With
0: season four. I'm well, thank you. We're calling it season four. Yeah, it's got we've... a
1: modus operandi. <laughs>
0: has an official title with a number in it, indicating that we've done three of these already and a lot's changed since we left off, not but eight nine weeks ago, uh, as the summer of 2019 was warming up. You were in America for a while. You left Japan for a bit, right?
1: Uh yes. I took my two kids to Vermont to a summer camp. My daughter went to the girls' camp. My son at the boys', appropriately so, many would say. And um, they had a, a heck of a time. It's um, these are really fun places where the kids get a, a lot of opportunities to try activities that maybe they wouldn't get especially wouldn't get where we're currently living in in the the big city of Osaka and so it was a a really good opportunity for both of them to relax leave leave the school life behind and have a a whole heap of fun swimming riding bikes and uh, kickboxing now there was no kickboxing but but it was fun (laughs) and you Rob well you you entered a whole new realm I have. I am now a dad. I've got a little boy. His name's
0: Eldon. Woo! He's about, I guess, just about seven weeks old now. And. But how tall is he, Rob? That's what we want to know. <laughs> At birth, he was. 50 centimeters long or tall, but his head was so pointed when he was first born that three or four days later we went to our first baby doctor appointment. We were told he was now 49 centimeters, so he had shrunk, but that wasn't due to anything other than the insane point in his head beginning to level out and look like a more natural human skull.
1: How's he doing? And
0: how are you doing? And how is your good lady wife doing, the whole family? I I think I was so nervous and fearful (laughs) entering this. I think I had prepared myself for the worst possible situation, like a colicky baby who's constantly crying, cannot be consoled. Both of us, my wife and I, just being in total sleep deprivation, us getting bickery and fighting with each other and like no longer being able to do anything we've ever enjoyed in our lives due to this new responsibility. And thankfully, it's just been nothing at all like what I was worried about. Uh, I think, objectively, we do have a very easygoing baby. Uh, All the French people keep using the word tonic. Like, he's very in his body, present, comfortable, content. He essentially only cries when he's hungry. Otherwise, he can just sit, chill out with us, or he seems very independent. He's not very needy. He doesn't need our attention to appear satisfied.
1: Like Jesus. (laughs)
0: like my neighbor's like my neighbor's kid jesus yeah it's just been way easier my wife is the one who sleeps with them so i'm careful to say like oh it's so easy because she is the one having her sleep interrupted but i'm sleeping in the spare room for these first few months but it all seems to be working and it's going pretty well
1: Well, that's cool we can we can uh, have many discussions i'm sure as you enter the world of are you a security parent parent are you an opportunity Are you inclusive or are you you that fourth value that we like to talk about, the integration parent? But that's for another day. It's for another day. But you have
0: laid out something there about our four values of school. And you and I are just the worst. (laughs) We're now like... 20 something episodes into this podcast. And we've said this entire podcast is essentially so far talking about the four values in school. And for any of you poor souls who have been along with us throughout this journey, we keep changing the terminology and the vocabulary we're using. Um, So most of you should just turn this off now in just frustration and disappointment with Brennan and I. But for those of you who have been following and are interested in things like Spiral Dynamics or Frederick Lelou's work on reinventing organizations, we've been attempting to find like the core word for four different stages of development and along our way over the last year and a half or so of doing this podcast, as we've gone from the theoretical, towards more of the practical of of what we're talking about, we've realized some nuances where we've needed to alter some of the language we're using. We're trying to find like the highest umbrella term and once again we've updated at least one of our terms here. So Brendan, let's walk through them. For those of you who are into Spiral Dynamics, we would talk about the blue stage of development, Frederick Laloux's work or integral theory, we would talk about amber stage of development and we're still using the word security to describe that and that's what our main conversation will be today. You and I this morning have had a fervent discussion about the next stage, which both Spiro Dynamics and Frederick Laloux would dub the orange stage of development. Um, we've used the words ambition, we've used the words achievement, but we're now using the word opportunity. And let's not spend more than a minute explaining why, but Brennan, why have we switched to using the word opportunity, just for those who have been with us for a while?
1: So I think those initial terms we're focusing on, when we look in school, what is the end point of school? is to help students achieve It's to help students advance and make progress but if you look at the wider community what everything is gearing towards is offering people opportunities especially equal opportunities that were not available maybe in that prior value which was much more hierarchical and based on security and something like a feudal system as we look at something that's much more like a something that's like a post-enlightenment or something that works on a global capitalist system that is much more about freedom, opportunity, choice, and progress. We kind of went to this broader term of opportunity, and uh, we'll definitely dig into this more as to why we think that fits with this paradigm of school.
0: So the first stage or value Influencing what education and what school look, looks like is security. Second one is opportunity. The third value or third stage of what calls the shots and what education looks like is inclusion. And in both Spiral Dynamics and in Integral Theory or Frederick Lelou's work, we would call this the green stage. So the inclusion value, previously we had used the term sensitivity several episodes back, but we are talking about it as being the most inclusive thing because it brings a lot more to be included than the opportunity value does and finally uh, if you're into integral we would use the word teal or frederick lulu's work uses the word teal as well Uh, for those into sprout dynamics we would say this is the yellow stage of development or the integral stage and we're using the term the integration value uh, which is the newest kid on the block it also makes up the smallest percentage of what education looks like these days but there are some very cool people out there embodying and pioneering this value and we've had interviews with some of them and we're kind of coming in contact with more of them as so those are this year's lingo, security, opportunity, inclusion, and integration. And all four of these have some part of the truth or something that they're doing right, but all of them kind of have something wrong as well. So Brendan, maybe lay out what we're gonna start to try to do today in terms of laying these out in their purest form.
1: Well, if you look at that integration value, what it seeks to do is to take the most appropriate of the three preceding values based on the context. Now in the real world It's very hard to find that that security school that operates inside a community that's not also looking to give opportunity and inclusion as a main part. In the 21st century, it's kind of really hard to find something that is not a mixture of these three values. What we're aiming to do over the next few episodes is, without stereotyping and straw mining too much, try and say what a security school may look like if it was operating on an island in a community that was entirely entirely based on security and especially in its healthiest form. We're not looking at dystopias, we're looking at utopias. We're looking at the security utopia. And so we'll visit an imaginary school and we will talk through many of the elements of what that imaginary school might look like, but all of them will be aiming to present the security value in its healthiest iteration. And then following that in in the forthcoming episodes, we'll visit an imaginary opportunity school and an imaginary inclusion school. And again, Aim to show these in their healthiest and most positive light so that we can take the best and most appropriate elements of all the three values and feed them into this integration kind of progressive development school. And
0: to do this, we we need to suspend our disbelief for a moment. When you hear us describing, you know, the world or the island or the vacuum that these schools are existing in, of course, you should be critically listening to this like, well, that doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound like the real world. Where would you find this? We are, we're asking you to kind of suspend your disbelief for a moment to pretend that this could exist so that we could look at it. Because as you said, you know, in the modern day, pretty much any institution, but especially school, is kind of in a tug of war between these three values of security, opportunity, and inclusion. And all of these overlap. And one of the analogies that I often use is it's kind of like a fruit punch, you know, to even use the Sprout AMX colors. Like if you had some kind of blueberry juice and an orange juice and a green kiwi juice and you mix them all together it's going to taste great but you're not going to be able to see the colors independently once you mix them together but what we're trying to do is like separate each of these flavors and point out like just how different blueberry tastes from orange and how different green kiwis taste from orange and blueberries why do we need to do that the fact we're not doing this makes progress development and the reinvention of education nearly be impossible be impossible be impossible because each of these values security opportunity inclusion and integration they're kind of like their own matrix have you
1: seen the movie the matrix you know what I'm referring I saw to. Ma- I saw matrix 3 the best the best <laughs> one I'm going to waste my time with those other two
0: So each of these is like their own matrix and they are in some ways like a world in and of themselves, their own operating systems, if you will. And until you can see these three different things and what they are doing, you do just see the fruit punch. Or another analogy we've used is like, you know, these are like three or four different sports being played on the same field. If you don't know to look for each individual sport, you just see a bunch of people running around doing activities with different tools and different stuff. But if you point out like, oh, well, there's a golf game happening there and feel look over there, those folks are playing football and and those ones are playing baseball and those folks are doing horse racing or something like that. Horse racing. Or or something like that. Then you begin to see, ah, in this big mix of stuff, there's these individual pieces going on. So we want to really point out what these look like so that, as you say, when we hit that integration value, we can go back and look at the babies in the bath waters of each of these previous stages. So
1: one thing I will add to that before we get into it is that as we said this is the healthiest iteration of this school and so everybody is on board everybody in that whole group parents the children everybody who comes into contact with the school is on board with this value this is in in alignment with their worldview and so again when we go into this this idea of suspending our disbelief we have to say we may not be in alignment with that worldview but this is healthy because it is in alignment with everybody's worldview that's how kind of definition of health in this context.
0: Yeah, so on the individual level, each person is in alignment with this. The cultural kind of social norms are in alignment with this. The practices, the things people do are in alignment with this value. And the overall larger system is in total alignment with each value we will discuss.
1: Yes. So why don't we get in our car, in our blue car, and drive down to Security Island and go to see our good friends, the security school. Not the high security school
0: (laughs) (laughs) minimal security school no this is full-on just unadulterated security school and before we actually enter the building let's take a look around at us (laughs) take a look around at us i can't (laughs) talk today Before we enter the school, let's take a look around at the world surrounding this school because schools are kind of like cultural incubators for the larger society. So the world on the island is one that kind of mirrors like a feudalist medieval world where there's a very clear hierarchy. There's tiers of society, if you will and there are roles and duties. And it's a relatively like unchanging world. And that's in relationship to the security value. So when you're an individual coming into this world, somebody else is basically going to show you everything you need to know and then you're going to do it and then basically we'll just like check in and then we're done and this is kind of the master and apprentice model
1: and there isn't necessarily a room for discussion on these things because of the nature of the hierarchy authority is given to those in positions higher up the people in authority will say you should do exactly as we say even if you cannot quite see why But you will do your duty, you'll do what's expected of you because that is the best for you and for us as a group.
0: Because all of us together are working on the maintenance or the security, the certainty of what already exists. We don't want to lose this great impressive structure, this hierarchy we've created that provides, you know, above all else, we got to give this credit, provides stability for everybody who's there. And if you just play your part in, in the larger whole, this thing can keep going. So we just need you to carry out these roles and you're not going to know them on your own. You need to rely on tradition. You need to rely on the people who are higher than you and just trust in authority that they are going to have everybody's best interest in mind by keeping this thing secure it's in your best interest to con- to conform to this if you conform we give you a role in this society we give you a place and you've got a spot in it and and the larger system that thing will can continue on as it is which is good and and that's that's a right thing so this really isn't about you It's about you having the self-discipline and the integrity and the common sense to play your role to make sure that this thing can continue.
1: And if you do that, you will have a long, happy, healthy life, and we will too. This is the stability and security that we offer. And because of that, everything is a convention. There is a convention for everything you do, and those in authority will guide you, show you, and expect you to follow those conventions.
0: Yeah, and at its best, like, you don't need the authority figure looming over you at every moment to keep you in line. Your job, really, is to have that self-discipline. And to be in control of yourself, you don't let your impulses take you away from your duty. You don't let your personal fantasies or in-the-moment reactions keep you from upholding your duty you need that self-discipline in order for yourself to be secure because if you aren't at any point that the security does need to clamp down on you the the higher authority needs to clamp down on you to ensure that you will continue to play your part because we want that security for you and for everybody
1: and so in this particular community we won't see much of that clamping down because by the nature of the people in the community being fully on board with the security value you won't. We won't see much of that course correction. We won't see much of that uh, discipline because um, the discipline won't need to come from the external because it will be an intrinsic and internal discipline. Now, obviously, it's an imaginary place and it is somewhat based on a feudal society, but also existing in kind of a 20th century, 21st century setting. So, the job market when these kids leave school, they are to some degree already on a track depending on where they come in
0: and if you don't know where you're going to go you don't have a lot of options there's going to be less than half a dozen of options of where you are going to go the whole world's not your oyster here there are roles
1: places in society that are needed and you will fulfill one of those. And so we approach the school. We are in our we're now blue mobile we approach the school with that knowledge. Everybody inside this school has a good conception of the way that the society works. We drive up the path of the school. The school itself is Uh, A well-presented, old, stone building. It has lineage. What you would imagine when you look at a traditional school, the grounds are well-presented, and we pull up to the front of the school, and we get out, and we are met there by our friend Simon, who's the head of the school. He's a PhD. He has a Master's of Education. He has a Bachelor of Science. Tell us a little bit about the head teachers we meet him, Rob. Yeah, so what he's
0: interested in is, like, upholding a lineage. That already exists. There's a strong proven tradition. Things are done in traditional secure manners. We're not constantly changing the way we approach learning. And to be fair, you don't need to change things because what they do is based on common sense. It's common sense learning. The methods are tried and tested. It's a secure place. Everything's well proven. And really, Simon and everybody in the school community, including parents, students, they really do believe that the school knows exactly what is needed in an education. That's the duty, that's the role of the school, that's the function that they play, and there's trust in the school's authority that the school knows exactly what is needed in an education. And what's needed in that education are time-tested skills and time-tested values. There are some fundamental, essentially unchanging aspects to what a student needs to come in contact with at the school. There's a core body of knowledge, and most of this is like essentially common sense stuff, but it's a core body of knowledge that everybody Needs to know, and by knowing this stuff, you are an upstanding citizen. And by knowing this stuff, by taking on this cultural knowledge, you are loyal to the heritage. You're a loyal part of the lineage. You're not lost in time now. You are part of an ongoing lineage, and it's your duty to join that lineage and uphold its its needs now and to continue it on into the future. And by doing this, you know, there'd be a real belief, Simon would say, you know, we are giving these students security in their life and we're helping to get them ready for security in their role. So we get to sit down with Simon, have a tea in his office, beautiful office. Uh, you can really get the sense just to even walk into his office like, wow, this is a revered man. This, he's well-respected. And he's really fulfilling his duty. And Brendan and I, as always, we're a little bit curious to kind of get inside someone's head. So we, we begin to poke a little bit and we begin to ask about some of his core beliefs. And Brendan, can you enlighten us on, on what this man shares as his core beliefs? Yeah,
1: so we start chatting to Simon he's, a, he's an affable kind of character. And he says that when a student comes to our school, we're preparing them for a career that they will continue through most of their life as an adult. We want to be able to make it so they can fit right into their workforce with stability and financial security for life. We're shaping and building people who are reliable, They fulfill their duty, they are thoughtful of their place and they know what is expected of them and they carry out those duties as expected for the greater good and for the good of themselves. They're proud citizens who uphold the values and traditions that they have seen us as a community weather through thick and thin. They're proud of their heritage and their tradition and they're here to continue our legacy. When a student leaves us, they are self-disciplined, they are loyal to the doctrine and the rules that we have provided for them. We provide this through expectations and standards based on common sense. We teach in a way that is right and proper. And a lot of wisdom there, Simon. We sat down there for an hour and um, he really gave us I think a good sense that he was plugged into that lineage and people were right to trust him as a figure of authority in that school
0: yeah and he really demonstrates that he is trustworthy by just how secure and how certain he is that this really that the school really is providing the way for an education, for the training for these people to enter the citizenry, for them to enter this very secure workforce, and for them to be the kind of people that uphold that that lineage. So we hang out with him for a little bit. You know, he's well-dressed. He's really looking the role. He's really upholding his duty as the, as the head of the school. And he takes us around the school. We'll talk about what we see in the halls a little bit, but the first place he wants to take us to is to the staff room, so we can get a sense of the community, the culture, some of the staff beliefs, and and the way that staff react to things. And the sense walking into the staff room, like the staff feels like family. So we sit down and we wanna talk with teachers, and there's a real sense of like, okay, we, we pause our work to take our break together. It's 15, 20 minutes, we enjoy a tea together, and there's this real sense of belonging real sense of
1: togetherness. When the teacher are talking together in the staff room, they're talking about their lives, the day to day, it is a pleasant discussion. It's free of heated discussions on politics and school policy. It's very much about this is our break time and let's hang out. And, and I think the reason for that is because there is such a secure
0: sense between each other that things that are happening in the school are so secure, are so certain, we believe in what's going on, that there's not really a need to be critical of things. They're not a need to play politics we can we can rest knowing how secure the school is and trusting what's happening that when we have a bit of downtime we can just relate to each other as people in that sense of family and togetherness and there's there is a certain sense that you can see when simon walks into the room they know that simon he's the head teacher he is in charge but there is like really like a friendly respect there and a friendly respect back to them but there there was a clear sense that simon is the authority figure and you know hey the boss is here and you know the way they interact friendly family but you know it's kind of like the grandparent or when grandma's talking or when grandpa's talking or when mom or dad are talking you know the the kids are listening you could feel that that sense of distinction between where the teachers are at and where the head teacher is at and as far as like the actual staff organization you know There are these layers, there are these hierarchies, but they're pretty clean cut. There's the head teacher, you know, Simon, the principal, the you know, that guy. And kind of just below him, but within that rung is like a deputy head or a vice principal. And then there's a clear distinction between those two roles and then the teachers below them. So there's a very clear hierarchy in the school. There's no mistaking the roles or or what the duty of a teacher is versus the duty of the head teacher slash deputy head there. And when we look around the school, Brendan, what do we see in terms of classes and things like that?
1: Yeah. And so um, we hear the bell ring. It's time for us all to stand up and it's the school day is beginning. So I think this is an ideal time, Rob, for us to end part one of this trip around the security school and we will return in the next episode and we will look at how the day begins and what the school looks like in full operation.
0: We will look at all three values in the same kind of way. We'll take a peek at the world that this school exists in. We'll talk at, at great length. Yeah, we'll dive into the days of school as well. So this is part one of our discussion about the security school. Next week, we'll finish this up. We'll discuss what a day of school looks like and, and what it's like being in the classrooms, what we see in the halls, what, what students are saying about the
1: school, what staff are saying, and what the grounds look like and what's going on in there. Oh, yes. There is much, much more to see in our trip and i'm looking forward to looking around these three schools um thank you very much rob so i will see you here same time same place sometime in the Twitter. future Do you, or right? you can join our Bye. private facebook group Bye. to search Ray.
0: and reinventing Ray. education podcast request and we'll let you in we're kind of building a community there So far, it's kind of been sharing news stories that reinforce our narrative about the four values competing against one another in education. But let's see if we want to organize to do more than that there. Feel free to pass this episode on to others who give a damn about what's going on in education. From Brendan and myself, attention is a valuable thing these days. Thanks for having some of yours on what we're saying.
1: And they have uh, a sense of obedience and duty based on... A sense of guilt. (laughs) I probably should have read that before I read it out.